Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about my epiphanies from watching teen uh, television with my uh, tweens and um, what it means about your sex life. I can relate really any fucking thing back to your sex life. That is uh, my special talent. So before we get to that, please do subscribe. The next one, whatever it will be, uh, will be a subscription one. And the previous subscription one was about your wife fantasizing about other people but I also have when you defer working on the relationship until you have time but then you add more to your plate and the oral sex on women one and like uh, 80 close to 85 others you're replicating your parents marriage and you don't even know it and if you want to know your wife's full potential for love check out her relationship with the kids especially her favorite that is a mind opener on its own guys okay so um I was watching my my so-called life which of course uh Everybody should remember if they were born anywhere near around when I was in 1981. It was the big Claire Danes one. It was only on for one season. Anybody who's female will know what I'm talking about, but males may not. Anyway, it was, a, it was you know, a teen drama, and it was this coming-of-age story like they all are, you know, of, of, you know, what teens like to watch. She's in high school. She's has a crush. She's thinking about whether to have sex. She's, you know, her friends are confronting issues of, you know, drug use and school issues and peer issues and like all of these different things um so what i it what was interesting and and also what was interesting is that as i was watching it i haven't googled this just because i don't care enough but it seemed to uh replicate um and be the template for another teen drama that i had watched which is a modern one with my daughter called uh, never have i ever so in Never Have I Ever, it seems like it was um, take it's like a South Asian girl, and it was by Mindy Kaling, and um, it was a really good show. And it seems to be based on my so-called life, or maybe they're just everything is kind of similar. But this one really seems to have an overlap. And but what was so interesting is we watched the whole thing of Never Have I Ever, and it was the same kind of thing. A teenage girl is figuring out issues of like having sex and you know partying and grades and like you know all these teenage themes. It was a funny show. You should totally uh, watch it with your kids if they like it, um, if they are that age that they would be interested. But um, so I compared it, though, to watching the original My So-Called Life, which came out in like, I don't know, the 90s. And in My So-Called Life, by the second episode, we think that the dad's already cheating on the mom, possibly. The parents have a fight and then they make up the fight in bed. Of course, you don't see them have sex, but you see like he starts to kiss her while she's crying and then like they end up in bed and you don't see that but you see them laying there his shirts off and you know you could see that they just had sex and it was makeup sex this was nowhere in the 30 years later never have I ever in fact I don't want to do spoiler alerts but like the mom doesn't ever have sex. So um, there's reasons, but, you know, there would be equal plot reasons for her to have sex, but they just choose that she never does, you know? And it, it's interesting, the difference. And I've seen this in, in a lot of different shows. There was, like, the old Degrassi and then the newer Degrassi and then, you know, the old 90210 where also, you know, the parents, they have sex. This is, like, a storyline as they interact with swingers, you know? And even when I'm going back, like, growing pains and family ties, you knew that those parents were having sex. You knew it, you know, and it they were like kind of always kissing. The kids would be like, ew, mom and dad. You don't really see that stuff as much anymore in popular media. And that's not only because, um, you know, because I don't like 
because I'm not like an aficionado of it, but it's also my kids' reactions. You know, when they see it, it's like very different than the stuff that they um, – that, that, that they think is going to happen, you know, like they're surprised that there would be a storyline about the parents, you know, versus that it just sticks to the kids. So there's two issues that are interesting. The first is I remember growing up um, in a pretty dysfunctional family with a marriage that was not good. I remember looking to these as models of what a happy marriage was supposed to look like between adults. So probably I was more tuned than maybe the average kid to the storylines between Jim and Carol on 902 or, you know, the parents in, in uh, my so-called life because it was interesting to me. It was new information and the information was very obviously that happy, happily married or even unhappily married adults have sex. Like that is a default thing that they do and it's a way that they make up and it's a way that they derive joy in their day-to-day life. Like it's a way that they come together. Like there were a lot of scenes of adults, like um, parents kissing in the kitchen and then the kids walking. More scenes than I see in TV now, you know, when it's uh, really focused primarily on the kids and there's really no thought of adult sex. And in fact, even if you were to think about it or, or let's say bring it up, you know, to discuss with your partner, they would say, well, kind of almost, they might say, you know, well, that's gross. Like, why should something that like our kids watch have to do with adults having sex? Like, that's basically disgusting. And it's not, you know, because at the age where people are struggling with these ideas about whether to have sex, which is a key storyline or should be in any uh, teen drama, because that's what teens think about, you know, is when to have sex. That is not all they think about, but it's certainly not just like hobbies and school. You know, they're not neutered. That is what the mo- that's when your hormones are raging. So, of course, they're thinking about when they should have sex, but it's interesting how they are going to make those decisions in the absence of role models that um, of, of parents that are happily partnered and have an active sex life, or at least the illusion of allusion with an A, uh, to a happy sex life, you know, because they're cuddling and they're kissing, etc. And it's interesting because rates of married sex have dropped and there are more sexless marriages now and fewer people that have a lower frequency, there are fewer people that have sex and a lower frequency of married sex. And people attribute this to smartphones, but I also, or like that's one of the reasons, but there's also like in general, people have become super obsessed with the kids. And I talk about this all the time, the child-centered marriage, you know. And so if there is a drama about teens, now it's, it's all about the teen, you know. Like it's really all about the teen. And if there's anything about the parent, um, I really don't want to give you any spoilers for Never Have I Ever. But a lot of the mother's decision making is based on the kid. More so than in the dramas from our youth, and I use our assuming that you guys are in my cohort or or certainly not teens. Teens are not listening. Um, you know, so in the absence of understanding or even thinking that there should be kind of this balance between like the needs of the parents and the needs of the teenage children, you know, the, it, everything becomes overweighted toward what the teen needs and wants and thinks. And it's almost like they're, 
they're in a vacuum. They're not embedded in a larger family where the needs and interests of the main people in it, the parents, you know, the ones who are supporting this whole endeavor and whose relationship created the whole family, though the, the parents are, are beyond peripheral. And, you know, popular media is, it, it both, um, you know, it's bidirectional with real life. So the child-centeredness of the times creates child-centered popular media, which then, you know, perpetuates the idea that this is what's normal. And nowadays, it's so interesting because people real and, and children are having sex later and later so it used to be that the average age of sex was uh i don't know 16 and now it's 18 or i i don't remember but there there was a change over time over the past 30 years and it's funny because like invariably if you talk about this in um you know well i'm going to i'm going to google that because i feel like that would be interesting hold up all right, so that's pretty cool. That's like when Evie used to stop time in that show uh, where she was half Martian, speaking of popular media from our youth, because, I mean, I just did a little internet research and y'all, you know, didn't even have to skip a beat, really. So listen, so this is something I just got from the CDC. Um, so this is 2017, but, you know, I mean, this is a Google search I did in three minutes. Um, <laughs> the 2017 National Youth Risk Behavior Survey, YRBS, paints a promising picture about the drug and sexual behaviors U.S. high school students report. But the findings leave room for concern, especially among groups of young people who report multiple health risks. The health of our youth reflects the nation's well-being, said CDC Director Robert R. Redfield, MD. In the past decade, there have been substantial improvements in the behaviors that put students most at risk for HIV and sexually transmitted diseases diseases. However, we can't yet declare success when so many young people are getting HIV and STDs and experiencing disturbingly high rates of substance use, violence, and suicide. Student sexual behavior. In 2017, there was another decline in the percentage of high school students who report that they have ever had sex and those who have had four or more partners, the lowest level since the CDC began conducting the survey in 1991. Um, so it declined. So the self-reported data show that students who have ever had sex declined from 47 0.8%, nearly half in, tw in 2007, to 39.5% in 2017. So that's super interesting, right? So this is an all of high school, and high school is, um, you know, includes all the way up to age 18. When uh, you're pretty much, you know, an adult in in most ways, you could certainly be, uh, you could you could be in the military. So the the point is, like, fewer kids are having sex at all. This is not, I mean, unpopular opinion, right? I mean, this is not necessarily great news, you know, like the way that they say and they herald it as some marker of, of just, just great news just across the board. Why? You know, I mean, people have great sexual experiences with high school sweethearts. Sure, if like something happens and you're drunk at a party and that you regret, that's going to be bad. I get that. However, you know, uh, most people that had a high school sweetheart, a long-term relationship, you know, what the long-term relationships in high school, six months, something, you know, report that those are real positive sexual experiences. And I'll tell you, I see people later in life, particularly men who really very much regret that they did not have those high school experiences that would have uh, taught them about women because you learn about women pretty well if you are in a monogamous uh, long-term high school relationship because you are so thrilled to death to be having any sexual contact you are just a little absorbent sponge you learn better at that age you're, you know you're gonna end up pretty good in bed
So the the point is here that out the sexlessness of the adults, which you can Google how sexless marriages have risen over time. I don't need to do that. Um, and the the lower frequency among married partners of having sex. This is it starts early now. You know, like it's it's also in the teenagers as well. And you know, I don't know. I mean, it's not just unfailingly good, I'll tell you that. Certainly not among adults uh, who are very unhappy and come into counseling. At even, even starting from when I was in private practice in 2009, um, it, the rates of sexlessness that I see in marriages of just the average couple coming in has risen, you know, significantly to a point that it's something that I deal with all the time. So overall, what I'm saying is this. If you want to show your child and this is where this was all going, people. Um, if you want to show your child a healthy, intimate relationship, it's probably the only one they're going to see. And it used to be all over media, and it used to be a known thing that adults, married people had sex. It is not like that now. It is not like that in reality. It's not that in the media. And people are terrified to in any way traumatize their child by basically showing them any indicator that they have an intimate life. Life, this is like the worst possible reasoning. Your child, if if they are like most children, uh, teenagers, wants to be engaging in an intimate relationship at some point, you know. And where are they going to get the template from that if everything is is so sterilized, you know? And and they're they're treated more like infants. Like the reaction nowadays, if you would say, oh, like have you ever you know talked about sex like do, with with your teenager, you know. Like most people have really not except to, and I did a podcast about that, to instill fear, you know, to say something like you got to watch out. There's STDs. You could get pregnant. You know, guys are going to take pictures of you and, and put them all over the internet. You can't trust anybody. If you if you don't love somebody, if you don't know that you want to be with them, then why would you entrust your body to them? And they could hurt you and they could hurt you physically and they could hurt you mentally and they could hurt you emotionally. This is like the norm of, of, of talks about sex in the rare cases that people directly do talk about sex is really focused on the negative. And of course, it isn't a, a task for, for the average person who feels fairly inarticulate and awkward around these matters to say something like, well, your father and I have a wonderful sex life. Like, listen, like, I'm, I'm no fool. Like, I don't feel like you're going to, like, be sitting down, you know, at Starbucks with your 14-year-old saying something like that. And if you did, they would probably be like, ew, ew, stop, because it's boundary crossing. However... If they were to see evidence of that, that you know, that that goes into their mind more than you having some like weird, awkward talk with them. You know, like, sure, you can say sex is a wonderful thing between people who care about one another. And I've, I've written out like what to say. And I could just tell you right now because I have you listening, captive audience. Um, you know, sex is a wonderful thing between people who care about each other, you know, and you can make decisions about what that means to you. And sex is interesting and fun and lovely and whatever adjectives you want to put in. Also, you know, be careful because if you're a sensitive person, you sleep with somebody and then the next day you they sleep with somebody else you might get your feelings hurt you know also of course use a condom and this that the other the protection side but lead with the positive right but anyway that's an aside you won't even really have to go so granular on that if they know 
that they're seeing an intimate relationship between you two, between the parents, you know, or in the case that you're divorced with the parent and the new partner, if there is one, you know, where there's touching and kissing and, you know, hugging and you go into your room and shut and lock the door sometimes and they can't always come into your bedroom because you may be doing adult things and the door is locked to indicate that. That would be a sign, you know. So if if the kids are not getting from the media any real idea of what married intimate relationships are supposed to look like, which increasingly I believe they are not, um, then who do they have left? It's only you. So use that information wisely and show them that adults during the day find physical comfort in one another and enjoy physical intimacy and that that is something to look forward to as a good part of being an adult is that you get to be in a romantic relationship uh, with a partner and build a life together, a romantic relationship. Because if your whole relationship is about driving the kids to their activities, and then talking about money in serious voices, and then planning the next vacation in which you do absolutely nothing besides help the children see yet another college, well then what do they think about being an adult? They think that it sucks, and I'll tell you they really do, because the young adults that I talk to in therapy frequently don't want to have kids, because they're like, man, my parents' life sucked. I mean, they were like nice, they were good to me, but I don't want to sacrifice my whole life for kids like they did. Is this, is this a sort of uh, philosophy that you want to transmit? No. So it could be a wake-up call picturing your own child thinking something like that one day. Anyway, hope you found this interesting. I always find the sociological ones pretty interesting. I may be in the minority, but then again, I am the creator of, of all things Dr. Psych Mom shows. So, you know, I could talk about what I want. And um, but, but really, I mean, it, it's interesting. Go back and watch some of the shows that you used to watch as a kid in the 90s or in the 2000s and see how different it is. You know, it's such a mindfuck. It's like super interesting to do that with your partner. That would be an assignment I would give you if you were my clients and you might as well be so you are for these uh, 20 minutes so I'll talk to y'all soon and you're actually not <laughs> like that's that's I don't know if that passed some like disclaimer legal thing you're not my clients unless you sign you know the forms and say that you are but you are people that I care about so listen and do the assignments that I tell you to do if you want to uh, get some more value out of these watch one of those shows and discuss with your partner and I'll talk to y'all soon